0: If, you know, I'm being told, and again, I'm going to put my administrative hat back on, if, if the Department of Health is telling me that there, it's too much of a risk to participate in the CIAc Board of Control is supporting that position on the sport of wrestling, then we have to, you know, uh, we have to look at the options that provide light at the end of the tunnel.
1: Joining us on the show here today is the, well, Mr. Wrestling in in the state of Connecticut. Ted Oskowski, uh, he's the principal, assistant principal at MRO O'Brien Tech now, but he's had a long career as a coach and an official, and he's the president of the Connecticut chapter of National Wrestling Hall of Fame, as well as a member of the uh, CIC Wrestling Committee. Uh, welcome, uh, Coach. Thanks for joining us here to talk a little bit about wrestling and COVID. Uh, hello.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: So, uh, obviously, uh, wrestling seems to be a, like a casualty here, according to the DPH. And, and we haven't heard officially yet with the uh, border control vote uh, tomorrow. But it looks like the uh, it's going to be, uh, you know, for, for kids who are wrestlers, uh, kind of like what was was feared by a lot of coaches that this is such close contact. And they're also indoors that the DPH wasn't going to give it its blessing here. Um, you know, other states... Uh, it's kind of in a mixed bag, but a lot of other states seem to be committed to continuing their wrestling season. Like they did with football. We didn't play football here. Um, just your thoughts on, on that decision, whether you think that this, we should have, uh, this should have been uh, done. It was, is there a safe way to do wrestling here and, and just give us your thoughts on that.
0: Well, thank you for the segue. I, I it's a difficult situation in terms of saying, you know, do I think it was a right or a wrong decision? You know, there's so many variables and factors that that, that have to be negotiated um, to come to some kind of decision. That it, it's really decided by many people and not just uh, someone like myself. Um, so I I think first and foremost that the safety of wrestlers is is incredibly important and. I would always err on the side of safety. It is a demanding sport. It is the greatest sport in the world, in in, in my opinion. It, it uh, you know tests people and challenges them in ways that many sports don't any longer. And I still think it's a sport that's you know it, it's a throwback. Um, you, you know, people have asked me why is it such a great sport, and it, it's the sport that the way that you grow is being uncomfortable. And as you know, we're losing that type of learning in today's world is that we don't wanna make people uncomfortable. Yet we know then all the research proves it, that you're more inclined to change if you're uncomfortable than if you're comfortable. So I I have a great reverence for the sport, but I also am very reluctant to say that we should have a wrestling season Um, Some of the aspects of the coronavirus that I don't think are discussed as much as they should be is that I did read some research, and it's not extensive. The virus hasn't been with us long enough for the research to be extensive and longitudinal to the degree that you can say, yes, that's absolutely an outcome of the virus. But when you talk about world-class athletes or high-performing athletes, and um, this, there is some documentation out there on this, is that 33% of the, those under the age of 35 that contract this virus will never perform to the capacity that they were at cardiovascularly and uh, endurance-wise that they did previous to contracting the virus. And so you look at the efforts that these young men and young women put into this sport, the conditioning, the training, you know, weight management, it's, I would hate to see a decision that's made now to pacify people and, and, and lovers of the sport have long-term consequences where we don't see these athletes reach their greatest potential because of the lasting effects of the coronavirus so I that's why I tread lightly on this and it's I think being patient is another value that we've kind of lost sight of in society but I think being patient is prudent and I say that knowing full well you you know one of the things I took great pride in as a coach was getting my kids into college, not necessarily into college to wrestle, but into college to, to continue learning. And, you know, I understand that, you know, missing a season might cost people opportunities to be viewed by coaches nationwide and might miss opportunities to wrestle in college. Um, but it's also affecting students academically and their ability to perform and to be standout students in a remote capacity that is compromising the traditional way of life. So I think there's huge issues here in play and that being cautious is the best way to proceed. I do not believe that if we get um, scheduled to participate in the alternative season, which is mid-February to April, I don't think that's um, feasible for wrestling Um, because of the nature of the sport and because it's demanding. You can tell by the number of students that participate in sports like football versus wrestling or some of the other sports that if we have to compete for an athlete during the football season or during the baseball season or during the lacrosse season, um, we're not going to win that battle. You know, so, you know, I think that just delaying the season or saying, okay, we're not going to wrestle in the winter. I think there's going to be a follow-up to, well, what does that really mean? Um, I know the Board of Control meets tomorrow and then the CIAC committee meets on Friday. And I think that that would be some of the conversation that we have.
1: Have you, uh, have you heard from some of your contemporaries, uh, those on the committee or maybe other coaches? And, uh, you know, what's your take, you know? You you talk to wrestling people all the time. What's your take on, you know, what their reaction is?
0: Well, you know, uh, life takes these funny twists and turns. And now being an administrator, I'm taking an administrative perspective on, you you know, the explanation that I just provided for you. Being a coach, um, I understand the passion that comes with that. I understand the um, undying Effort to create some type of season for your athletes. I I understand that completely. Uh, The people that coach, they want a season. The kids that wrestle, boys and girls, want a season. Um, You know, but what that means, it's very difficult at this time to define that. Yeah, so.
1: They they say they want a season And and like all athletes They do want to play and the coaches want to play But the sport like wrestling I mean how is that possible right We saw in the fall girls volleyball They compromised and wore masks um, Swimming did virtual meets You know what kind of compromise Or what kind of difference Could there be made in wrestling this year To try and make it happen Has there been any talks about Things that could be done
0: Oh, yes. We have a whole plan for um, accommodating wrestling during the season. We address, you know, practices. We address coaches. We address wrestlers. We address the families and how they would have to disinfect equipment, you know, daily after practices. We address social distancing and creating cohorts very similar to the hybrid model, which is what we have in place here at in O'Brien right now where this, you couldn't have more than eight or 10 wrestlers at one time in a practice session, I think it was eight, and um, rotate them through practice maybe 45 minutes or an hour with this group. And then they transition out of the school and then another group would come in and you would work with them. So, you know, and again, the, the commitment from the coaches to be available to to provide that time and to work those shifts, you know, everything increases exponentially over time. And so I think we had a good plan in place. There is also some information out there now that's been circulated about the um, rate of positivity in wrestlers versus non-wrestlers. Basically in in society and there's there's no indication at this point in time with the states that are currently having wrestling and, there's, and that is in two capacities, that's youth wrestling as well as high school wrestling, that the positivity rate is any higher. As a matter of fact, it's lower. I think it's less than 1% or it's a 1% chance of testing positive following the protocols that have been put in place. And, you know, the biggest, I do believe it's Michigan or Minnesota, their um, interscholastic athletes are competing in wrestling with masks on. Now, you know, what does that mean? I can tell you probably 10 to 15 seconds into the match, one of those two masks isn't going to be on. <laughs> yeah, so how long they say. stick to that provision? I don't know. But, you know, the efforts are being made to be prudent in terms of um, being safe and protecting athletes and still allowing them to participate. I know the National Federation came out with a set of standards, which includes um, a negative test prior to the start of the season, which would be um, part of the permission slip and physical that a student would have to turn in to compete. So there's been a great deal of thought and there's a lot of plans out there. I do know that there's a comparison between Um, And we're gonna review this in the committee meeting on Friday, there's a comparison between the states that are um, participating in wrestling right now and the rate of occurrence. And, um, you know, the steps that have been taken if somebody does test positive, you know, the contact tracing and all of those things we minimized in Connecticut, part of our plan was to minimize the amount of, um, I'm gonna pull it up here in a second. I have it here in an email. It was to minimize the amount of matches um, daily. Uh, When there was a dual meet, it was only dual meets that were um, going to take place. Our practice group was a subset of the team numbering no more than 16. Teams larger than 16 would split into two. the cohort for similarly weighted individuals would practice together, you know, so that we could minimize the the contact tracing should there be in the event of a positive test. Um, we reduced the competition schedule. There was only gonna be allowed to be two, two do meets a week and um, they, they could not exceed 20 matches. So, you know, between a combination of JV and varsity, you could only have 20 matches wrestled. Um, so we, we addressed it from, um, practice groups, the cohorts, the season, no multi meets of any kind during the season, no individual tournaments, um, reduced athlete contact and practice duration, winter break. And we were going to fold a winter break into the season. Um, the calendar, we, this is back, we were planning on starting practice on 1121 commencing, uh, competition on 12 seven and the last day of the regular season was 2-5. So, so we addressed some of those issues. We, we talked about practices, um, that the schools would use screening protocols and the hygiene, disinfecting the mats, disinfecting equipment, um, making sure that the practice gear was laundered daily, um, that students would be taking showers after practice, um, which used to be common um, and we, many, you know, teams have gotten away from that practice. Um, we talked about you know socially distancing in the locker rooms, in, in the the um, adjacent environments to the to the practice room, in the area of competition. We talked about mat spacing. We we also um, recommended that if a school had enough room for two mats, that you would wrestle one mat match on one mat and then shift to the other mat while that mat was being disinfected so that you could alternate the use of mats and allow for disinfecting in between matches. Um, We talked about what the um, athletes while they were on the mat, what they would have to do. And while they were off the mat, I know there was um, a recommendation that as soon as the match was over, they put a mask on. Um, So, you know, we addressed those things, Um, competition protocols, um, what would have to take place in order for a match to, to occur. Um, right. There would be no contact between scorers, um, timekeepers, coaches, athletes, and officials. We addressed, so we looked at it from many different uh, lenses. Um, they talked about the match process, the weigh-ins, the warm-ups. Um, so so we, we presented a very comprehensive plan. And um, I believe we, we discussed how to handle injuries um, separate JV competitions. And then we also address those components with what the officials would do because we do, um, I do not represent the officials on the committee. I represent school administrators. Right. Um, but Carmen Del Vecchio is the commissioner of the CIWOA and he sits on that committee with me as well. And so the, the input from the officials on what would have to happen, you know, no raising of the hands, no physical contact You would point to the individual that won the match and those types of adjustments to accommodate the sport. That is the plan that was presented to the uh, department of public health.
1: It sounds like it's pretty extensive, but I guess at the end of the day, the DPH, I mean, if you didn't let football uh, to be allowed, you know, despite some, you know, uh, some, uh, evidence at least uh, some very limited studies but some evidence that it it wasn't uh you know the mitigation didn't really uh mitigation worked and it didn't seem that anybody got the the virus it would be coming in from out of out of the 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 activity or or if it was in lockers just like that but i guess at the end of the day they've been they've been pretty conservative especially the one here so uh you know despite all that I, i what's a wrestler to do especially a wrestler who a lot of them are football players You know, Mm -hmm. so that's two, that's a double whammy they have. I mean, I know there are plenty of moms and dads out there who were just crushed as as well as their kids to know that that's two seasons they're going to lose. And so what's a wrestler to do, especially a wrestler who was a football player, you got two seasons down and, you know, that's tough.
0: Well, I think, and that's where, when I discussed, you know, the the character and the discipline that it takes to wrestle, um, that wrestlers are tailor-made to, Weather the storm and get through challenges like this and overcome them. You know, there's there's still the opportunity to remain in excellent shape, and, and that's always a, a personal challenge. And to maintain your weight, I would recommend that you know if your if your weight class was 135 this year, and and you were and you're 142 or 143 now, I, I would condition and, and simulate as much of a season and a demand on me physically as I could, um, to keep that mindset and and to keep that training and to keep your eye on the overall goal, um, which is going to be different from wrestler to wrestler. You know, for some students, it's just going to serve some student athletes. It's just going to be the ability to compete and interact with teammates. And for some, it's going to be long-term goals, whether it's wrestling in college or, or beyond, or maybe even coaching, you know, we, um, one of the critical elements here is, you know, when you say what should a wrestler do, you know, the reason I suggest those activities and to maybe train in small groups with your friends or your teammates, where you social distance outside of the school, is to promote the the healthy social emotional growth of the students, which we're missing um, through the remote learning channels that we currently now have in place. Right. Yeah. And um, so I think that. You know, we fall into this spell, if you will, of remote learning and the pandemic, but we can still simulate relationships and relying on our buddies and, and our teammates to get together safely um, it, with the big piece being the social distancing um, and staying in shape and, and readjusting your goals. And, you know, what does that mean? And I think that if those wrestlers that are serious about wrestling and certainly progressing to the next level, or maybe trying to line themselves up for uh, placing high in state tournaments next year in in the open in the New England's, that putting in their time and their work now is no different than if an athlete had been injured during the season. Um, So you you know, for years of coaching, I coached for you know close to twenty five years. The when I had an injured athlete, my goal was to keep their mind in it. And, you know, we go back to what I said about Nico Filipakis. He um, dislocated an elbow seriously the first year I ever coached the team at Bridgeport Central. And we didn't have a lot of equipment, we practiced in the cafeteria and we found this old junk stationary bike in the basement of Bridgeport Central. And we brought it up into the practice, into the cafeteria when we practiced. And the only problem with it was it worked, but it didn't have a seat. Oh, Michael Filipakis went into the dumpster and took out a bunch of cardboard and he folded it over and over and over again. And he jammed it down on the spike the seat's supposed to be on. And he rode that bike for two hours a day and never missed a second. Wow. And when he, the day he returned to live action, we wrestled the Bristol Central, I believe it was the Bristol, Bristol Central, Bristol Eastern. He won four matches and three of them were overtime. So, you know, that's, to me, that's what we need to do. Is this a setback? Absolutely. But does it mean that we, we can't set goals and we can't still condition and we can't, you know, adjust that mental framework that makes wrestling special? No. And in the same vein, as we're doing that, still build camaraderie with our teammates because I don't know about you, but I don't like to go through that stuff on my own. And when I was at Holy Cross High School, I developed a great relationship with Tommy Longo, whose father was you know, a first selectman in Middlebury. Didn't really care for me that much. He thought I was too much of a hooligan to be <laughs> hanging around with his son. You, coach! But, <laughs> but, it, but the funny thing is, is Tommy was a year younger than me. Yeah. So when I went to Ithaca, And Tommy really had no plans of going to college. And I mean, I was having a great time. So I called him up and said, Tommy, you got to come up and visit. (laughs) So he came up and visited. And he ended up, you know, applying and getting accepted to Ithaca. I think Tommy was captain his senior year at Ithaca College. You know, so we went up there and we wrestled together and we had fun. And his father ended up loving me because he never thought his his son was going to go to college. And after he came back from a weekend visit, he's like, Dad, I'm going to Ithaca College. (laughs) So I think it's that camaraderie um, that lends itself. There's kids that I wrestled with in 1974 to 1978 that I'm still friends with. There's kids that I wrestled with at Ithaca College that I'm still friends with. And there's kids that I've coached since 1982 that I still keep in touch with. That's what we can't miss in this pandemic. We need to rely on each other We need to continue to build those relationships because wrestling needs that. Yeah. As much as we need wrestling, the sport needs that commitment too. Yeah. Well, yeah. Go ahead, Pete.
1: Uh, I was going to say, you know, you talked about your proposal and, and, you know, everything that you guys have put together is very comprehensive. What is the next step now? Obviously, you know, there's a, you know, uh, restriction on on high risk sports right now. Wrestling falls into that category. So, what's the next step? Is, is there an appeal? You know, what do you what What is the plan going forward
0: now? Well, we've put some information together, and it started through some of the CIA CIAC wrestling committee members. Um, you know, generating some information of what's taking place in other states. I'm sure that will be presented at the meeting on Friday. Um, in terms of appealing. I, I'm not so sure that that's the avenue to go. Um, you know that the two most popular sports in Connecticut are football and basketball. And the football, you know, was dealt a, a cruel hand um, this past fall when a lot of other sports were allowed to participate in, in student athletes to play when uh, those student athletes that chose football were not allowed to. Um, they could practice and we did, we had practices and Emmett O'Brien and I think our coach did an excellent job making the, the most out of a very difficult situation. But I think if, you know, I'm being told, and again, I'm going to put my administrative hat back on. If, if the Department of Health is telling me that there, it's too much of a risk to participate in the CIAC Board of Control is supporting that position on the sport of wrestling, then we have to you know, uh, we have to look at the options that provide light at the end of the tunnel. We have to look at, you know, out of season wrestling and events. And I think that, you know, wrestling coaches, it's funny. People say, oh, if you're a football coach, you have to coach year around. Well, I got news for you. If you're a wrestling coach, if you're not, if you're not making sure your kids are in camp or you're not making sure that your kids are going to some of the challenging out of season tournaments um, you're not going to be competitive as a wrestling coach. So, you know, and again, I understand that the restrictions and the guidelines from out of season, uh, participation, but as a coach, I always knew what my kids were doing in the summertime. And, you know, I would select their camps and say, look, I think this camp is good for you. This, and, and of course, that's changed a little bit with so many local wrestling clubs. You know, you don't have to send a kid out to J Rob's, you know, uh, 30 day camp out there in, uh, Minnesota, because there's options for kids to wrestle at home now, which they never had back in the good old days. <laughs> <laughs> right,
1: right. Um, so basically, uh, you know, it's an unfortunate situation, but you're uh, you're on board with the with the recommendations. I mean, knowing that there are other things out there that we do not know yet, um, and basically saying uh, to, for coaches and, and and wrestlers who love the sport to band together and get themselves through this, you're pretty confident, coach, that. Uh, as wrestlers. And I I know, well, having covered a a few, you know, great wrestlers in my time uh, that it's a very, you know, intense and also intimate sport. And um, so that's kind of like where you are. It's just kind of weather the storm, right?
0: I don't think we have a choice. I'm not on board with the season being canceled and losing the opportunity to wrestle. But I think, you know, weighing the risk of ignoring what's out there and what we have to face to get it done. I, I think that, you know, it's, It's an unfortunate outcome. I I don't, I'm not in support of it. I I would love to see everybody wrestling and, and, um, you know, achieving, uh, you know, their goals and accomplishments that they set at the start of the season. I just don't think that's a a reasonable um, goal at this point in time. So, you you know, like I said, an athlete that gets hurt you know, we don't, as coaches, we don't say, Hey, you're hurt. We'll see you next year. We sit down and we start planning with that kid. Okay. Where are you? How are we going to get you to where you need to be? And, um, you know, you can't control what grade level a student gets injured in You know, if you, if a freshman gets injured, you're fortunate, you can chart a three, a three-year goal with that individual. Um, if, if the, um, if it's a senior, it's a, it, it's a little uh, more unfortunate. But then again, it depends on what those that senior's goals are. And if it was a, a student athlete I had that didn't want to wrestle or compete in any sports in college, let alone just wrestling, you know, then it was, okay, what colleges are you interested to go going to? Um, one of the greatest lessons I ever learned, and I didn't learn it until, I don't want to give this away because it's, it's like kind of sad, 2002. <laughs> right. Um you know, I was coaching at Bridgeport Central and I put a lot of those young men in, in college. And um with Diaz was the number one ranked heavyweight in New England in the first semester, going to Norwich University. And he came home over Christmas and he said, Coach, I can't do this anymore. Mm. He was just, he goes, I'm not cut out for college. And I was like, Are you kidding me? You're the number one ranked heavyweight. And he was wrestling about two thirty-five, had the perfect build. And um but he taught me that college isn't for everybody. And Woodwardo uh, right. Diaz is a very successful, I know he worked at BMW for quite some time. And um, he's a manager in, in a uh, automotive um, company right now. And, and those are things that kind of open my eyes up to that there's different pathways um, for students once they graduate from high school. And that's one one of the things that I love about the technical school system. You know, that some students, you know, figure that out a lot sooner than I ever did, you know, <laughs> and they, they choose some career pathways that are very productive and, and that are, are, they can provide a family and, and get benefits and, and uh, contribute to society and, and other students can pick a college pathway. So it, it's being able to keep in touch with your athletes, keep them on track with their goals and being able to modify and adjust because that's what we have to do in life.
1: All right, Coach. Well, thank you for giving us uh, some of your thoughts here and give us a little perspective on uh, the, what's going on in the wrestling world. Uh, yeah, unfortunate situation all around for them. I mean, but uh, this is, these are not uh, normal times, though. But we, 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 we thank you very much for joining us. And uh, best of wishes uh, the rest of the way. And Thank you. Thanks,
0: thank coach. you very much. Appreciate it, gentlemen. Thank you. Appreciate it, too.